podcast is a conduit of hope, safety, and trust. And our purpose and vision for our lives is to be in service to others and to support them in understanding that they matter. Through open dialogue and conversation, through sharing ourselves, our lives, insights, perspectives, and experiences, we will offer solutions for any challenges or adversities you may be faced with. And we want you to know that you can come to us for support, guidance, and inspiration. This podcast is sponsored by Laguna View Detox, a state-of-the-art substance abuse and alcohol detox and residential program. We are not affiliated with any 12-step program. If you or a loved one is suffering from addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you need detox or residential treatment from drugs and alcohol, please contact 888-448-1884 to speak with a specialist. And now, with the Recovery Media Podcast, your hosts, Jim Grant and Louis Iacona. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Recovery Media Podcast. I am your co-host, Jim Grant. Today we have, I'm hosting with uh, my friend and cohort, Will Milligram. And uh, looking forward to connecting with him. We have a great guest today, and Will's gonna, you know, Will's gonna introduce him. And looking really, really looking forward to getting to know him and hearing his story and strength, hope, and experience. So uh, here's Will Milligram, and Will, why don't you tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about what's what's going on, what's new with Recovery Media, and yeah. what we're looking forward to. Yeah, thanks for the intro, Jim. Um, so my name is Will Milgram. I'm a person in recovery. Um, you know, we decided to, uh, we're trying to, to grow with recovery media. I mean, we have a Facebook page that we're working towards. This podcast has been doing well. Um, on the daily, I've been reaching out to people, uh, trying to, trying to get their stories and, uh, you know, trying to get to learn more about people who maybe are willing to share their stories with us. You know, I mean, we're an open page, we're an open book and, um, I mean, really, we just want to be a resource for everybody, for everything, not just uh, strictly recovery. You know, we want to be able to help people as well in any way we can. So, Mike, yeah. So simply, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us about yourself. Uh, tell us why you're here. Tell us about your life. And we'll take yeah, it from absolutely. there and uh, let's with it. Yeah, I'm Mike DiNatale. I'm an addict, alcoholic, uh, 29 years old from Boston, Massachusetts. You know, pretty clearly a drug addict since the beginning. Um, started smoking weed and drinking at 13. You know, the typical story. Progressed to cocaine when I was 15. Progressed to uh, Oxycontin by 16. Hit my first treatment center and uh, learned how to shoot heroin. So 16 years old, junior in high school. You know, things really took off really fast at that point. Um, you know, it was no longer like getting in trouble in, in school and, and dealing with like these little consequences. It was like overdoses and, um, you know, domestic assault and, um, you know, drugs took everything from me very quickly. And then I had the ability, um, to just kind of pick up the pieces wherever I left them and get things going again. And, um, never, never, um, enlarge my spiritual life you know what i mean like i never could stay sober because i never latched on to god um the way i have now so um from 16 years old um to about 18 
I had like five or six overdoses. Um, things weren't working up in Boston anymore. You know, things were really uh, rough for me up here. Um, came from a great family. You know what I mean? Dad, Marine, blue coal worker, you know, parents divorced. But I mean, in my head, like everyone's parents were divorced up here. You know what I mean? So it was normal. And, um, you know, I have one older sister. She's normal. She always made everything happen. General manager at a restaurant. I always looked at her like, how does she do this? You know, how does she smoke weed and drink like crazy and then just stop all of a sudden? You know, I never could understand it. You know, and I, it's just where I'm different. Um, you know, once I start, I cannot stop. Like they talk about in the big book, that phenomenon of craving, like... And that, that's not just drugs and alcohol either. You know what I mean? It's food. It's it working out. You know, it could be a good, it could be good things. Once I start, I can't stop, you know, writing, um, just all kinds of things where like, I'm just a full blown addict. And if I'm not channeling that, like my addiction in a good way, like it's just, it's chaos. So basically I went down to Florida when I was uh, 20 years old, I turned 21 in the treatment center and, um, you know, my dad was a mailman, so I had federal Blue Cross Blue Shield. And um, in the treatment industry, it's basically a black card, you know, doesn't get denied. And um, I had that card swiped so many times, it's it's not even funny. You know, I've hit like 80 treatment centers, you know, well over 100 detoxes. Um, I'm also a bipolar one, so I have the dual diagnosis going on. Um, you know, when I'm not on medication... Uh, it gets scary. You know, I don't like cry myself to sleep or anything like that. It's, it's, um, complete mania, you know, um, similar to, uh, like a meth high. And I'll get into that a little bit in a little bit. Um, so basically down there, it was a different ball game. Um, it wasn't the same drug game as up here. It was, uh, it was crack, it was uh, in in crazy, really violent hoods. Um, it was you know stealing cars and and um, robbing stores and, and doing crazy stuff to get the next high. And I was all on my own down there. You know what I mean? Like I'm in and out of treatment, going to halfway, and just all on my own. Like I, I didn't have my dad to lean on. I didn't have like friends to lean on. Like I, I would get a couple buddies in treatment. And if one of those buddies wasn't doing the right thing, like just like always, like I'm just, <clears throat> you know, I'm just like, fall, it's follow the leader. You know what I mean? And like, if I'm not around a good crowd, if I'm not hanging out with good people who, who want to get close to God, who want to grow, who want to just be good men, I'm going to fall into that trap. And I fell into that trap many times. Um, down there, like shooting cocaine was a huge thing for me. Um, basically from 21 to about 26 years old, like I, I shot uh, crack and fentanyl, um, speed balls. Just if I wasn't, if I wasn't sober, like that's what I was doing. That's where you would find me, um, you know, showering on beaches, um, just homeless, um, just trying to make it work. And, and it's just like... Get, basically getting beaten into a state of reasonableness, like just, just getting beaten down like constantly and trying to pick the pieces back up, you know, and every time I'd come into treatment, I'd get in there and I'd be so desperate. I'd be so like, this is it for me. Like I'm done. Like I have no interest in getting high ever again. Like, please help me, you know, scholarship beds and 
just every bridge that I ever had, like I burnt to the ground and, um, I'd come in there and like, you hooked me up to a lie detector test. I'd tell you, like, I'm never getting high again. Like, this is, this is it for me. Like I can feel, I can feel it in my heart. Like this is it for me. And, um, you know, just like that, that cycle, once that mental obsession hits, um, that persistent or reoccurring thought or idea that is stronger than does not respond to reason. Like it doesn't matter what the consequences are going to be. That's what addiction is, you know? Yeah. So, so it's really powerful what you're saying. And I appreciate, I appreciate you being open and honest and yeah. talking about, you know, you're lucky to be alive, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Big time. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, I'm listening to you and, you know, we get it, we get it in terms of, in terms of how addiction takes over and, yeah. and you know, even, even talking about, talking about your surroundings and the people that you hang out with you. And yes, even of course, that's, that's part of committed, to, committing to a new life. But right. even that, even that it, it, the outside circumstances is not what's going to get us clean. Right. Right. Absolutely. So it's, now it's about what you know it's about what we're what we're truly willing to do differently right and before i want to i want to get into like what's different this time and even though and even like what you've talked about there's yeah. there's probably still this well yeah it feels different but is it going to be like any other time right so, exactly. so why don't you talk about what uh talk about speaking to that Exactly. So like basically every time that I came in and, and said, I'm done, I'm done. I still had this, this shit on my heart. Like, am I really like, am I really done? And I'd have these thoughts. Like, oh, I haven't done that yet. I haven't, I haven't done that yet. I really wanted to like see what that was all about. And I'd have these reservations and, um, you know, there's just no reservations anymore. Like I surrendered to God. And I think that's the biggest thing is like surrendering to God and like letting it register, you know, in my heart that like one day at a time, like I'm going to ask God for help. And it's like, there's just no way around it. And and before I came into this podcast, I had a little time to pray, had a little time to center myself. And I asked God, to uh, help me and, and to help me be of service and to like, just, you know, just speak through me. And I, I just so happened to like flip open the big book. And like the first thing I read is the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our creator has entered into our hearts and a lot in our lives in a way that which is indeed miraculous. And it was literally the first sentence that my eyes saw when I opened that, you know, opened that big book. And, um, you know, today I know for a fact that like God has done for me, like what I could never do for myself, um, and on a million different levels, you know, I have 23 overdoses. I've been in over 40 psych wards. I've been, you know, strapped four point restraints and beds. I mean, I've walked barefoot through Boston in the winter. I've army crawled on 95. Like I've been out there in the trenches, like really just not knowing what the hell is going on. Just lost. Like, why is this happening to me all the time? And giving myself to God and giving my life to God and like actually getting outside of myself and giving back to other people and like, and, you know, being in a place of service, even if it's literally just like, you know, hey, will you go grab me some peanut butter? Like, it, it literally doesn't matter what it is. Like, if I'm not thinking about myself, if if I'm thinking about someone else and how I can help them, I've found for me, you know, it's a true, it's like, a, you know, it is the 12 step and, you know, step work. Um, 
you know, asking God for help on a daily basis and, and, and you know, admitting that I'm powerless, you know, and, and one substance in me is going to take me out, you know, and, um, you know, a huge part of my story that I didn't even get into is crystal meth. And, and I found crystal meth and I really wanted, I made sure in my mind that like, I wanted to talk about this before this thing ended because, um, you know, for me, crystal meth is like the most destructive, uh, substance on the planet. In my opinion, um, when I was 26, I was introduced to it and I didn't do another drug after that. It was literally just crystal meth for, uh, three years. And, um, it brought me to my knees and it, and it beat me and beat me. Um, it had me doing things that, um, you know, I just, I always said to myself, I would never do this. I would never do that. And crystal meth like had me doing it all like on a daily basis. And, uh, I didn't think I was going to make it out. I think it was like, it was such a hell on earth for me. And, um, you know, I, I thought I, I, like I said, 23 overdoses, basically all on fentanyl. Uh, I just didn't think it could get any worse. And, um, you know, I, I was wrong, you know, and, and I think that it's on the rise in our, in our country, but like definitely in my area. And it's, um, it's a scary thing because I have all this experience with it and I made it out on the other side. You know what I mean? Like I have 175 days clean today and oh, yeah, no, it's the, yeah, it's the most I've ever had. You know what I mean? And like for some, it's like, okay, bro, like, you know, you're like a week away from six months, like don't get crazy, you know? And it's like, I'm not getting crazy. It's one day at a time, but like 175 days that I haven't used, um, you know, drugs is, is a miracle for me. Um, it's a blessing um you know the trust i have with my family today you know my they let me come and stay at their house when they're not even there you know what i mean like my family wants to be around me they ask me if i can hang out you know and like me like i'm like my schedule is kind of like you know what i mean like i'm busy like it's like i'm turning down opportunities that i never even had before you know and like I have friends today, actual friends that like I would do anything for, they would do anything for me. And I know that it's just because I surrendered, you know, and, and I remember the last day I was out, I screamed to the sky, I was barefoot, I was in the middle of Boston, right near Methadone Mile, um, you know, it was Tufts Medical Center, actually. And I screamed to the, to the sky, God help me, like screaming, tears coming down. And, um, you know, before I knew it, I was in detox, I think it was the very next day. And, um, you know, that's the last time I was out there and I keep it very fresh in my mind. Like I keep that, I keep that shit very fresh in my mind. Like how bad it was. I I had trench foot on both my feet. I was bleeding from both my feet, open wounds. And, um, I hadn't eaten or slept in well over a week. You know what I mean? Like I was hallucinating. I was, it was just, you know, it was a real rock bottom. And, um, you know, 175 days later, it's like I'm speaking on a podcast about like sobriety, you know, and uh, it's really just, you know, it's something else. It really is. It's God is good, man. God is really good. Yeah. And so, listen, I want to I want to acknowledge you and and again appreciate not only you being here and spreading the word and and giving the message of, of hope and inspiration to you know that's that's one of our our biggest. Uh, mottos in recovery media is never give up Absolutely. you know yeah we have will here was last 13 months you know lewis has eight plus years i have 30 plus years and and uh you know it's it's 
it's the it's even like the 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 powerfulness of what you shared in terms of you know yelling up to the sky to god and god help me and and that's that's the first step in terms of surrendering and and then admitting we have a problem and then willing to give it up to to god or who you know our higher power whoever that is for us right so you know so you've already said a lot and and very very powerful stuff i wanted to bring it back you talked about you know the the mental health uh issues that you deal with uh that you've been uh been you know challenged with what is your uh your thoughts or even your own experience in how the mental health is connected to your addiction yeah and is it separate or does one feed the other how's that how's that work oh yeah i mean it can be separate but i think one feeds the other as well definitely um so for me, I was diagnosed bipolar when I was 18 years old. And the reason it came about is like I was I was like rearranging like all of the things in my yard to like make it seem like some type of like, you know, amusement park for my niece when she woke up next morning and I hadn't slept. And like at this point, not diagnosed. I'm not on drugs. I'm sober at the time. And I have no idea what's going on. And I'm like, why are you guys not understanding? Like, I'm just trying to make this shit fun for like my niece. Like, it's not that serious. And they're like, dude, you got serious. Like, you got a problem. And I went to the hospital and like, you know, since then, my manic episodes have um, evolved, you know. And for the longest time, they put me on like 10 different medications at that time. All kinds of just to basically shut me up and like make me sleep. and um, one by one, I like picked them off and just took them off, took them off. And before you know it, I'm like, I don't even want medication, you know, and that's what got me in trouble. Like me, my whole mentality was like, I'm not putting anything in my body. Like, you know, coming from me, I'm not putting anything in my body that I don't want there. Like from a guy who was just putting anything and everything in his body, like if it, if it was narcotics. But, um, you know, over the years, I've actually learned a little bit about you know, my, my mental illness, bipolar one, it's not, it's not as popular, bipolar two is running rampant. People are sad. People are depressed. But like, for me, um, unmedicated, I am a risk to, to anybody and everybody, not because I'm violent, but just because I, I, um, I'm very unpredictable. I don't even know what I'm going to do in the next three seconds, honestly, you know, and I, it's never been like a violent thing, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's led me to over 40, um, psych wards. I was in a psych ward at Carolina medical center for like over three, three weeks, 24 hour surveillance. Um, you know, like whitey bulge was in there. Like it was, it, it, you know, they, they had no idea what to do with me. At one point they, they put so many medications in me and I was still walking that they just didn't know what to do. And I was strapped to a bed for like hours and hours. And, you know, after that I came home and I was like, all right, let me really learn about this, you know? So I've been on lithium for many, many years, uh, at a very high dose. And it's kind of like my baseline medication. It's like, if I'm not taking that, you know, that's like the one thing my family's always like, you taking, taking your lithium, you know, like, cause it's, it's always, it's, it's a very, it's a very important thing for me. Um, you know, and I think that it goes hand in hand, you know, if I'm not taking my medication, I'm not making the same decisions that I would be if I was, and I'm not doing, uh, um, 
you know, I don't think that if, if I'm not taking my medications, I don't think I have the same defense for that obsession. If that obsession hits, um, I think, you know, when I talk about methamphetamine use, you know, because at the, at the same time, now that I'm thinking about it, because I haven't really thought about this mental health thing, because honestly, I've just been taking my medicine. Things have been good. And I've been like, really, <laughs> things have been great. So I haven't thought about it in a little bit. But I was addicted to that mania. It was a high. It was a high that you can't really, you can't really even describe. But um, it always got me in, in a psych ward. So I couldn't like sustain that high and be okay. And people want to be around me. People want nothing to do with me. But that high is very similar, very, very similar to a methamphetamine high. And um, I think, you know, for the last couple of years, I've been home and using meth, you know, and a lot of the time I was in my dad's house and I was telling them in order for me to get high, I was telling them that I was just not taking my meds and I was just manic. And, and when you talk about going hand in hand, that's a very scary place to be because now I'm in my dad's house injecting meth and basically they're like, okay, he's just off his meds. And like once they said, okay, it was on, you know, and like it was a very scary situation. I mean, some of the biggest shame and guilt that I have in my life came from the last couple of years in my dad's house just because I was just playing. I'm like a fiddle. Come to find out, he just knew the whole time. He just wanted me to be safe. You know, he wanted me to be home. He didn't want me to be out in the streets getting high. But, like, my mental health is um, it's top priority. I mean, when it comes to, you know, recovery and, and my medication, like, they just – it's just an extra thing that I need to deal with because, you know – like I said, not say I came off my meds right now, it would be basically like a relapse for me because I wouldn't be able to sleep. I wouldn't be able to eat. I wouldn't be able to hold normal conversations with people. I would run myself right out of my living situation right here. So um, it's a very scary thing. It's it's something that, you know, I just have to stay up on. I have to stay right with my psychiatrist and stay right with my dose and make sure I have to like check levels and all this all this extra stuff, but it's just, you know, it is, it's, it's, it's part of my, yeah, it's, it's a part of my recovery. hundred percent, hundred percent. So we get that. And, uh, again, yeah. good job and keep up the good work. So, so with that, what, what's next for you in terms of, in terms of for yourself? Yeah. And yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> I'm in a, I'm in a halfway house right now, and um, you know I'm, I'm literally taking it one day at a time. The COVID thing, you know, it's it's really tough up here. Like when it comes to um, you know what my future holds, like I really I really have no idea. Um, I I know what kind of a, a direction I want to go in, um, and I haven't actually told anybody. I, this let me yet. jump in. Yeah, let me jump go in. Ahead. Uh, to, to create a you know an open space here or even even a, a, a direction and you know to even support you um, so really allow yourself to answer the question without any restrictions you know so like and I think maybe you were going there so I apologize for interrupting you so yeah. like 
as from a from a from a dreaming perspective, from a from a being committed to make it happen perspective, and even just from like what you want, what you what you uh, you know truly desire to create with what's yeah. next in your life. Yeah. So um, yeah, like you said, you 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 hit it right on the nail. Like there is some restriction here because I think um, you know what I've dealt with my whole life is like coming up with a plan and then it getting like complete like just me completely crushing it and me just being embarrassed like everyone I told the plan to. And um, so something has come up over the last like couple months that I'm pretty excited about, but I just haven't told anybody. And and it's something that I have a dream to do, and it's something that I, you know, I'm pretty committed to. Um, doing everything I can in my power to make it happen. But, um, so I, I basically, I have, um, some people lined up for sponsorship and stuff like that to, uh, become a sheriff in my state. And, wow. um, yeah. So, um, you know, there's, there's a few things that need to happen. There's a few things that need to basically, you know, be bypassed because of my past. Um, but I, I don't have a criminal record. And um, I have the right people in place to do something like that. And the reason, you know, I want to do that is because I want to help people that are in my, that have been in my situation that uh, that are that are just, you know, that just need a second chance that that don't just that don't need you know prison time for something that they just can't even get out of their own way for. Um, you know, eventually, like I start somewhere and I go to the next stage, but like a drug detective um, in that in that you know, in that field, something along those lines, obviously, like it's just in, it's just in writing right now. It's just trying to get drawn up. And, um, you know, I just, I feel like, um, at the same time, this, there's a few other ways that I could go, you know, I write music, I make music, I could, I could do that. I, 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 um, you know, like you, you said you have over 30 years sober and you're a recovery coach, you know, like that's just, it's amazing in my eyes. And it's, it's, it's a goal, you know what I mean? Like on top of any other goal, I mean, that's, um, it's just really something else, um, to be able to, there's really some power in, in the idea of just being able to tell someone what you've been through and them actually get help from it. Um, it's just kind of crazy how it works. That that twelve step, it's it's kind of um, amazing. So, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Awesome, that's exciting, and and that's yeah. also yeah. We you know, listen, when it comes down to it, whether whether we have specific goals or not, whether we have jobs, families, children, you right. know, we anybody can get sober, anybody can get clean. Absolutely. Because, you know, the other the other part to that is, is even if in the moment or along the way we're getting clean and sober, we're not getting results in terms of uh, obtaining or attaining or accomplishing. Yeah. Our lives Um, are better. Right. So, you know, so in the last 175 days, your, your life, even though even though you don't have those things yet you're you're in a you're in a sober house your life is better than it was 176 days ago right oh yeah absolutely absolutely i mean i think one of the main one of the main things is you know if if a drug addict i mean complete just menace to society can can find recovery give himself to god and like become a sheriff it's kind of like this testimony that would just be like um 
you know, if, if I can do it, you can too type of deal or, you know, you can do anything you really put your mind to. And it's just, um, yeah, it's something that I'm, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to to see what the process brings. You know what I mean? Dude, all the best. That'll be really uh, a powerful story. And, and like yeah. you said, the bottom line is no matter where we end up, whether whether sheriff, whether, you know, any sort of job or even just me as a parent, you know, Will as a parent, that knowing knowing what it's like to struggle, whether it's with, with life, with anxiety, with depression, you know, with you know, the abuse of alcohol and drugs. That's that's why you know, that's why A and NA work so well because we all get each other, we all understand, we all know what it's like. So that uh you know that that piece. So I mean I so think also the, I just I just other, you don't go ahead. No no, no like, keep going. Like, go for it. I, no, so I just like you know I'm thinking about it and uh COVID has shaken up the whole entire recovery community. Um Especially in my community, it's not the same. You know, it's it's a lot of Zoom meetings. It's not as much, you know, uh, people in person and you know giving hugs and 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 like meeting face to face. But like something that I didn't mention in my story, and it's because honestly, like my program right now is is trying to just like get around COVID, and I'm like trying to move and shake, and like you know I'm telling my story here, and it's a great thing. But like I think the main message that I that I haven't shared is like going to meetings, getting a sponsor, picking up a a, a commitment in that meeting, and like getting into the, the twelve steps of you know recovery, whatever the that you know branch of recovery may be. It's literally the most important thing. You know, I've gone to treatment centers that. That, you know, you just did these random groups and, and they fed you and you just like kept it moving. But I've gone to treatment centers that like banged out step one to nine in like, you know, six weeks. And it's very intensive. And it's like getting all that resentment out that we cop all over the years and like taking responsibility for our actions and like writing out the amends list and going to make amends to people that we thought we'd never face again. And finding all this little freedom and all these gifts and like all the promises that the, that the program has to offer. It's something completely extra. And it's honest to God. Like if I was doing all of those things to the degree that I just kind of explained them, like my, where I'm at now would probably be a lot more far further ahead. But like right now I have, I have my sobriety, you know, I have my relationship with God I have building friendships with my family, but I know that like once I kick that into overdrive, once I bang out like that real good thorough four step and I do my five, six, seven, and like I actually get into the immense process, you know, my life and, you know, becoming a sheriff is nothing. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing that can't be accomplished. Like when you do, when you do step work and, and basically ultimately like get your hand in God's hand. Cause that's the goal. I mean, I mean, <laughs> The goal, like we we're out there for all these years, like just so lost and like trying to figure out in the back of our mind, like we know this God, like we have like some type of idea, but like the steps and and building, you know, friendships with 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 guys who are who are interested in like meeting God and talking to God and experiencing God, you know what I mean? Um, it's ultimately the goal, like no matter how you do it. Like right now, like I know that I'm just ignited 
with the spirit, you know, the spirit of the universe or whatever you want to call it out of the big book. Like God is, is, is working through me and in me right now. And there's no question about it. Um, you know, like I would never be talking to my phone about recovery if I didn't have God in my life. That's a fact. Like I, I have a lot of other things that my life has, you know, involved for a lot of years. And for me to like, just be able to, for me to be able to sit in a chair for 40 minutes is an act of God, honest to God, because it's just, this is not, um, it's just, this is not me, man. This is, this is, this is, a, this is a gift, you know, to be able to even well, listen, sit here. I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I appreciate that. But I'm going to interrupt that. It, it is you. It, it just hasn't been you up to this point. Right. Right. So, that's you know, that's, call. that's it. That's it for you. You know, that's it for yeah. you to re, you know, remember and to, to remind yourself of. And, and also the message to, to the listeners is that, is that, if we want something, if we want things to be better, if we want things to be different and we're struggling, we're challenged, life's beating us up, we're, you know, addicted to this, we're overcome by anxiety, depression, you know, whatever, is that, again, what we said in the beginning is, is never give up and, and figure it out. Right. And that the other, the other piece, and which is, which is the, usually the missing ingredient or missing piece Will Will talks about it all the time. What what's you know he was in forty four treatment centers and what was what's different for him now is that he's all about being in service of service, helping others, getting out of himself. You talked about that absolutely. So um, you know and and even even about what you talked about before in terms of yeah it sucks COVID sucks and there there's so many different ways that that it uh, it holds us back and restricts us. But, but again, for you is, you know, my message to you and whoever else can relate to this out there is that even within the restrictions, notice how your commitment to, to getting it this time and your willingness to go further than you went before with your relationship with your higher power, relying on, on God and, and, you know, all the things that you're talking about that you never did before. That's what's working. So even right. within the challenge of not being able to do what, what what we used to do, is you're proving to yourself that even under these circumstances, you can stay clean and sober and literally be hopeful for a future. And not only be hopeful for a future, but like a specific future of like right. of, of being a, a, a freaking sheriff. That is like right. sick, man. And that is awesome. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. And thank you. I had a, I had yeah, a absolutely. For you, Mike. Um, oh, Will, you're back. Just to let yeah, you know, Will, Will's, Will's not being shy. He was having technical difficulties. Yeah, no, I don't know what's going on. It sounded like you were in slow motion for a while. <laughs> but um, I just had some questions, Mike. Um, first things first, man, I'm super proud of you, dude. Um, Thank you, buddy. From where you came from to now, I mean, it's a miracle. I think we're both mir – we're all miracles. But – um. You know what? Um, I was thinking about this. Uh, once you actually, once my uh, Wi-Fi started working again correctly, what advice would you give to somebody? Let's say somebody's just coming back from a relapse. They have less than thirty days, and they're having a hard time keeping their feet on the ground. You know what yeah. advice? 
them because we both know you've been back and forth and and me as well and i'm just curious for myself and the listeners you know what would be the best advice you have yeah so um you know about a month maybe a month and a half ago i was um i was sitting on my bed and someone came and knocked my door and he was crying and he was talking about i just want to drink and i just want to drink you know and uh for me like my my gift is just compassion, empathy, put myself in their shoes, trying to take them under my wing a little bit and letting them know they're not alone. And, and like he sat down next to me and, and I basically just, I talked about my experience when, when I wanted to get high or when I wanted to drink and like what those experience, like when, when I, when I gave in to that obsession and when I actually went out there, um, there's nothing nice out there. You know what I mean? And, and like, ultimately, I tell, you know, it's a different experience. Like if I was telling someone over the phone, but like when I had the opportunity for him to sit down next to me, um, I had him laughing out the door because I, I basically was just telling him like, you're not leaving here. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to go get, you're not going to go. You're filling that void with just, just, you have this uncomfortability. You want to just, you just want to get rid of it just for a little bit. And then it just comes right back, man. And you, there's nothing that you can fill that void with. Other than love, man, other than God and, and other than like just strength, like you have to you have to get through it. And, and on the other side is like just, you know, being able to lay your head up at night in some, you know, some warm blankets on a nice pillow and just wake up that next day and like have another day to fight, man. Like it's it's really I keep it that simple. Like I'm just trying to get to that warm pillow because there were so many nights out there for me where I was just walking in the cold, man, like trying to like, you know, tucking myself in my sweatshirt and just, you know what I mean? Just trying to stay warm and, and or, or out in Florida and just sweating to death and like just trying to, I, I keep all of those things. That's what one drink has to offer for me. That's what yeah. one shot has to offer for me, you know? Yeah. And, and I, and I agree with you totally, Mike, you know, for, and I'll just, I'll give an example on for me. Like I actually, uh, not long ago was talking with somebody that's just coming back and they, they had uh three years, you know, and they ended up going out and, uh, the first time they picked up a drug, they ended up overdosing, which, you know, I mean that, and that's my reality, you know, anytime, you know, in, in to the world we live in today, um, this stuff is deadly. It's no joke. And, uh, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, I mean, uh, for me, it's always been, uh, you know, the, the whole thing is, is as soon as I pick up, there's no stopping until something gets in my way. And if, or something worse happens. Mm -hmm. So I try and keep that fresh for, for anybody I'm talking to. I mean, that's struggling or, you know, I mean, who's to say that, uh, after a drink or after a drug, you're going to end up coming back. That's, that's exactly. the um, you know, it's, it is, a, it's a horrifying thing. Um, and I, I don't know if, um, if it was, uh, if it was asked earlier when I was getting cut out in and out, um, how do you, so how are you dealing with like past traumas and stuff like that? Like major events that happened that, uh, you know, I, like, is there, a, is there something that's, that you're utilizing to help you deal with it or is it just... <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking about like the trauma, you know, I haven't gotten into much of it just because I really wanted to focus more on the strength. But like, dude, I got some serious trauma, man. Like I got to, and I have to, I have to keep it very light. I have not, you know, um, you know, uh, 
my parents leaving was a tra- my my parents getting divorced was a big trauma for me that I just kind of pushed away for a long time. Um, I've lost like 25 very, very close friends, over 25. I say 25 just because at 25, I was like, dude, I can't even keep up anymore. But like, I have the pictures in my phone. I made like a collage of all my friends that died and I had to make three of them. And uh, cause there was a limit on the picture. So, I mean, that trauma, like losing one of my, you know, my brother-in-law, my niece's father was my closest, you know, person ever. My two cousins, just all kinds of overdoses. Like that trauma is, um, is really difficult, but like, that's, it just gives me more strength to like do what I'm doing today. Um, cause I know how many, how, how many of them, you know, they'd just be so proud of me just to, cause like every, Getting six months, you know what I mean? Like next week, I'm coming up, like God willing, on six months. It's like for a lot of us, for me anyway, it's like I've never got there, you know? And like, it's just like every day I'm just like, wow. Like I'm, I keep telling my dad, like I, I just love getting further and f- further away from July 21st. Like every day that I get further away from it, I'm just like, it's amazing. But um, in terms of like trauma, like there's a lot, you know, down in Florida, um, you know, I was, I was, um, I was drugged and raped. Um, Ugh. yeah, man. And, um, How do you, what do you do to deal with that? Mike? like, what's your, like, do you can't, I know it seems uh, like, you know, what do you do on a daily basis? If it comes up, how do you deal with it? So I'll be honest with you. I, I do everything in my power not to think about it. And, and I don't know if that, that's obviously not the best tactic or advice, um, you know, I'm probably going to have to do some extensive therapy on it and stuff yeah. like that. But I pray, man, I pray that, uh, I pray that, uh, the people involved, uh, get the help that they need, man. Um, I, I pray that, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen to anyone. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's, I always say to myself, well, Hey, at least it was me. You know, I'd, I'd rather it be me than I don't, I don't want anyone else dealing with it, you know, but it's, um, you know, the stuff that goes on in active addiction, it's, uh, when you, when the dust settles, you know, and you're, and you're on the other side and you're in sobriety, it's just, uh, you know, I think that, I think this is what I'll say about this trauma and dealing with the trauma. I think that's staying grateful for me. I always talk like when I talk on my Facebook or when I'm talking to my you know, people around here, like it's all about gratitude for me because I always hear people complaining about this and that. And it's just like, what are you, what are you grateful for? You know? And like, I'm grateful. I'm not in that dark room right now. You know, I'm grateful. I'm not, uh, handcuffed right now. I'm grateful. I'm not dope sick right now. You know, I'm grateful to be talking to you two right now instead of, you know, the dope man, um, trying to, you know, finagle three for 40, like just, just crazy shit. Like I'm, uh, I'm really just grateful for, for this, you know, this opportunity, like right here and now. And I think that when I, when I'm actively thinking about some of the trauma I have, cause that's, you know, that's not even the worst of it. I mean, it goes on like, you know, like an active addiction, like shit happens and we get ourselves in some pretty scary and, um, disgusting situations and um like that kind of goes into like what i was talking about crystal meth you know i that whole uh, that whole situation was a direct result from me uh being involved in the crystal meth game you know and um so getting out of that, Mike, that's, out of that uh, trauma 
Go ahead. That's why I want you to really bring it. And I, I appreciate you again as 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 her throughout this whole time. I appreciate you being open and honest and we're we're coming close to wrapping it up and yeah. So in in uh, connection to, to Will's question and, and and what you were sharing, wrap it up for us in terms of what the lesson what the lesson or lessons have been that you're experiencing now connected to past regrets and past trauma like what message do you you know from your lessons what message do you want to give to people out there yeah so um there's hope i think the main message is there is hope as long as we have breath man as long as we have another day like there's hope to get through it um my family has has dealt with far more trauma than anything that I've gone through over the past couple of years. And I've seen, you know, my family, my direct, you know, blood relatives going through some trauma that like I could never even comprehend, couldn't even imagine. So I've been in an opportunity to, to kind of help through just relating my trauma as minor as it is to theirs, because, you know, I'll never, I couldn't get into that, but like I, I've, you know, I've been in an opportunity lately to be like, this is what I've been through and this is what I did to get through it. And I think ultimately my main message and like, whether you want to hear it or not really is that you need to build an intimate relationship with your higher power, man. And that for me is the only thing that has given me any strength, any grace, any hope at all because it's not just like this hey like can you help me it's like he's right here like i just i ask i ask him for strength and help and i ask him for the words in certain situations and i ask him just for for forgiveness and um when i relate my trauma and my pain to other with with other people and i try to help them uh they appreciate it you know because they, I think people just want to know that they're not alone. I really do. I think people just want to know, like, they're not the only ones whose whose lives are, like, pretty messed up, you know? And, like, I think me staying sober another day at a time, you know, and just keeping pushing forward and showing people that, like, I don't need to keep doing what I was doing. Like, I can dig my feet and ten toes down and, like, and fight for another day. And, right. and, uh, and they can, too. That's basically the message, yeah. you know? Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. And let's end there. And whether you want to call that a simple message or not, and anybody can relate that and apply that to what they're going through. So, yeah, so Mike, we, we want to thank you for, for being here and, and being yeah, part, of, of, part of what you got it, man. And, you know, really uh, having a powerful, you know, not only a powerful story, but a powerful message. And, and you know, I'm rooting for you and can't wait to – to see when you when you become sheriff, you know. Thank you, so, buddy. I appreciate it. You know, one of the things that that Mike brought up was was uh, even the towards the end in terms of gratitude, which is one of the missing pieces to to staying clean and sober. Because uh, they say they say you know a, gr- uh, a grateful alcoholic, a grateful addict, you know, stays sober. And uh, that's uh, and again, in terms of outside of addiction, you know, gratitude uh, 
and being grateful for life and everything that we have is is also the key to happiness. So, what yeah. uh, anything come up for you, Will, in terms of specifically in in <laughs> in a minute or less? Well, well, yeah. I mean, I just uh, what what I see is overall, um, you know, no matter what the situation. I mean, yes, gratitude. I mean, in order to to stay, you know, you'll have if you have a genuine, true gratitude. You'll, you know, typically you'll have a happy life, but what, what I got from, from everything that, uh, that Mike was sharing and getting vulnerable sharing at that, um, you know, we all come from different walks of life. You know, some people believe in God, some people don't, some people use, uh, alcohol, some people use meth. Like at the end of the day, we all struggle from similar things. Some people, um, unfortunately struggle for longer. You know, I mean, some people go through 50 treatment centers, some people go through one. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, we're all walks of life and, and we all need help. You know, everybody needs help in some way, shape or form. And I think um, us being in a position to be able to help the next person, it would be a disservice if we didn't. Just for me personally, whenever whenever I'm listening and, and getting in a conversation with, with, a, with openness and vulnerability and positivity, it helps me. So, so there's enough negativity out there in the world. So let's, uh, let's at least know that we have a place here where we can, uh, you know, bring our struggles and challenges and also know that there's, uh, there's hope as long as we don't keep it to ourselves. Yep. So thanks again, everyone. Talk to you soon. You can find us on social media at The Recovery Media Podcast. And of course, download, rate, review, and subscribe wherever great podcasts are found.